Welcome to Keep It 100 Podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight and a real inspiration. This podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance, but revelation to forever change lives. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Keep It 100 with Krista and Sean Smith. It's your boy, Sean. (laughs) We love being with our Keep It 100 tribe. And as we enter 2024, we really want to dive into this conversation about what we believe God is saying for 2024. But before we do that, let's talk about what's coming up this week, only days away. We are so expectant for what God's going to do. Boom, 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 (laughs) boom, boom. That was drum roll, y'all. Hey, we are days away from Momentum 2024, our annual conference. It's really not a conference. If you've listened to us yes. enough, you know, we're, we're, we're just, as I think a lot of people are, we have had enough conferences yes. in the Western world, particularly in North America, that it may not be the fact that people need another conference. We need an encounter. We need a flashpoint. Right. We need a visitation of God. We need something out of the ordinary, out of the norm. We can't settle. I, I was thinking about this, Krista. It, it says of Lot in the Bible when him and Abram went different directions, he settled in a place called Zor. Zor means little. And I just feel like right now is not the time to settle for little services, little devotionals, little worship, little prayer life, little. It is not the time to settle in the Zors. It's time to go for the more. And so this is what this conference is really all about. We've brought in some great guests. We really have. I'm really excited about our guests for this year. We have Tommy coming back, uh, as many of you know, and what he brought last year and really what he brings every time is so profound. But we're also bringing some new guests to our Keep 100 Tribe. Sherman Dumas. And to date, he probably gave me one of the most profound personal prophetic words I've ever received. His ministry has really impacted Sean and I. We love him as a dear friend. And then we have Jody and Ben Hughes, again, super profound people. We've known them for years. They've led moves of God. They've led revival in other nations. They've seen massive moves of God, extended meetings here in America, even in 2022, really used significantly. And then we got Matt Gilman coming back with us again. He really walks in the glory realm with worship. Love, love, love what he brings. Love his heart. Him and his wife, Kelly, are just incredible. And then we have Chris Aldejuste and our Momentum Worship team. And they're just, to me, some of my favorites. I mean, they walk in the anointing. They walk in a break anointing. And I just love that Chris and the team really know what it is to get people into the presence. They can do it like nobody's business. I'm really excited for people to experience that. And then Sean and I, of course, are going to minister as well. And I just believe that lineup is one that is radical. It's one that is just absolutely at God. What are you saying? I'm releasing the word of the Lord. And uh, there isn't man pleasing with that group, (laughs) which is a good thing. So I really think you're going to get an authentic word and an authentic encounter. And we're really going to emphasize, Christians already mentioned worship, and we're going to really emphasize the altar. Just uh, take throwing the egg timer, the clocks off the pulpit. We're going to have times where you can encounter the Lord come. And last year, we just had just an absolute visitation of God. We believe this year would be no less. And so right now, you might want to go to our website, and KristaSmith.com, and you can still register. There's even place for you to walk up. We'll make space for you. Also, if you're not aware, this event will be live streamed. We get so many people questioning yeah. and, and inquiring as to whether or not we're going to have a live stream, and the answer is yes, it will be live streamed every single session. And if I'm not mistaken, you, you will be able to access it over That's several right. days. So if yes. you 
you're working, let's say Friday, because a, a conference is this week, Thursday, all day Friday, Thursday night, all day Friday, all day Saturday, you'll still be able to access it. So it's worth it. it we really we reduce the price on the live stream because we want as many people to view this thing and be a part as they can if you're not able to make it in person. You know, get your seat today. And I know many people, you know, there's always a reason not to come to something, right? You have this, I have that. But you know what, friends, when you make room for that fresh thing God's doing, there is something about the impartation. Sean and I have both been benefits of being in the room, being in proxy to the spirit of God, to the now word of the Lord. And it's brought transformation to our life. And so uh, we're not trying to, you know, overhype this thing. We just know what God has done. We, we feel the promise of God over this gathering. So friends, if you're hearing this, get in the room, get your seat, whether it's in person or virtual seat, both are going to be powerful. And we just want to invite you just come and gather because God's going to do something in momentum 2024, January 18th to the 20th. You can get your seat today at Sean and Chris Smith.com. Hey, that leads us to today, you guys. And if you remember our last episode, we had Tommy Arimi, who's also obviously going to be at the conference. We had the theme of 2024, a season of momentum. And we really feel like, again, we named uh, this event that we're putting on momentum, but we really feel like it's more than just a catchphrase. We really feel like it's a prophetic word for the season. So we're going to do part two, 2024, a season of momentum. And Chris and I are just going to both share what we feel the Lord is saying. One of the things I felt like the Lord is saying, and I just found myself in this place where my thoughts just begin to center so profoundly on a scripture passage. And that's kind of the way God begins to speak to me. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of uh, those who are listening, you feel the same way. But first of all, I just want to begin with in 2024, I think it's so important that we just don't think of ourselves as Christians alone, but specifically as overcomers. Now, there's nothing wrong with the term Christian. I'm not advocating don't use the term Christian. I'm a Christian. If you love the Lord Jesus and you're like Christ, you're a Christian. But I feel like there's a mentality shift that has to happen. And in this season, we have to think of ourselves as overcomers. Now, remember, the book of Revelation is about where the church, the church age, will culminate where it's going. And just do a quick little word study, a word search. How many times the words overcome comes in Revelation as Jesus is prophesying to the church. Demo overcomes. I will grant them a lampstand. I'll grant them a, this. I'll grant them that. And I think the mentality of overcomers is important for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think that overcomers are not just familiar with the promises of God. They contend to possess them. Mm, so good. this is a year momentum of not just being familiar with the promises of God, but that we begin to possess the promises of God. And I'm going to share with you a little bit later a passage that I feel like this thing of where we've never been before out of Joshua 3. It's time to possess. But here is the scripture that God put on my heart. Revelations 12, 11 says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. Now, why is this important? They overcame him. Obviously, that would be the Antichrist. That would be the powers of darkness. We are locked in a battle right now. I don't know if you've noticed this. I was just reading the news of how many different nations are just kind of pushing some boundaries. There's some things going along, going on in the Atlantic Ocean. There's some things going on in the Far East. Obviously, there's stuff going on in the in the Middle East, Gaza Strip, things still going on in Ukraine, Russia. It, it would seem as if, and we just recently did a strike on some ships, it, it would seem as if in the natural, we're moving more and more towards war, like we shifted into a war mode. And I think the natural is mirroring the spirit. As I've just talked to people and I've sensed, there are people that are facing some mental battles that are to their core, that it's uncharacteristic 
characteristic mental and spiritual warfare that people are are undergoing. And and it's an interesting thing. I mean, haven't you noticed that too? Absolutely. I mean, you're kind of watching all the pieces be put into place as we kind of observe on a global level, we're entering brand new times and they're not necessarily stable times. And yet we can have the assurance that Christ has us right and our authority in Christ and our position in Christ. But I just, I love what you're saying that we really are in unusual times. Unusual times and times of war, times yeah. of battle. So true. Yeah. Now remember the verse said they overcame him by the word of their testimony. I looked at the word testimony in the original, the word testimony there means in the Greek witness, report, and account. And then I looked up the entomology. I'm like this entomology dude. That's the origin of words. I love origin of words. And a word that we're very common with today is the word narrative. Like we talk about the narrative, the meta narrative, or the narrative that's being spoken today on the news or the narrative that comes out of Hollywood or the narrative that's coming out of the far left or the far right or, you know, the whole political spectrum. The word narrative means a spoken or written account of connected events, a story. So when it says they overcame him by the word of their testimony, it could almost be the way we use the words, they overcame him by their narrative. And so what I'm saying is it is a battle of narratives today, because think about it. The main intent of a narrative is to establish a reality. When the the early patriarchs, when the stories of what God did with Joseph, when the stories of how God led the children of Israel out of Israel, when the stories were forgotten, it says over and over again in Genesis or the book of Judges, and the people did what was right in their own eyes. And so what that te- what that tells me is the battle of narratives is either about establishing a testimony or normalizing the abnormal. So I feel like in this day, pay attention to the thoughts that you are meditating on. Be Understand right now, it is the moment to take thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Some of you are fighting battles right now, and not all the mental battles will be answered by a prescription. Right now, it's going to be answered by you being able to establish biblical narrative, the biblical narrative of truth in your life. And for that matter, we're fighting right now to change a narrative over our nations, our regions, our cities, and families. And Chris and I, we even talked about this conference and really what we feel our mandate in the season is to see the narrative of California changed. Absolutely. I mean, I believe, you know, we're in the decade of pay and the pay is mouth. And so what we declare, what we decree, especially in this decade, it's always important, but it really is imperative in this hour. If you want to change the narrative, you got to speak differently. If you want to change the narrative of something, you got to speak life over it. You've got to declare the word of God over it. You got to declare what God's saying over it. So it's really important and critical in this hour to really partner in your with your mouth about what God's saying. Now, I'm going to dive into something that's really connected with that. Is that okay? Sure. Okay, perfect. Because it really in sync with that is I heard the Lord say for 2024, you got to guard your gates. It came, we were actually meeting with the altar team of Momentum. We were on a Zoom meeting and I was just like praying in the spirit and I heard the Lord like an inward audible voice. It like boomed in me and he said, guard your gates. And I was reminded of Nehemiah. Now we all know the story about Nehemiah when they're rebuilding what had been torn down what had been devastated by the enemy. As they're rebuilding, the enemy kept coming, kept coming, kept coming to the point where as they built, they could build with one hand, but with the other hand, they were holding a weapon tree. Or if they were building with both hands, they would have a sword on their on their hip, so to speak. So they had their weapon tree at all times. And I really believe that's the moment, that's the hour that we're in, in guarding your gates. And, and what does guard your gate look like? You have an eye gate, you have
have an ear gate, you have a mouth gate, your body is a gate, right? And so what Sean's talking about, about what you declare, what you decree, that's your, that I'm going to go ahead and say that's your mouth gate. Okay. So what you're speaking is so key because you want to be speaking life and not death. What you listen to in this hour is essential. Whose narrative are you listening to? Who's, who's whispering into your ear? Who's actually speaking counsel into your life? That's really imperative in this season. You have to have people that are going to point you to Jesus. You have to be able to point yourself to Jesus. There has to be enough tools and depth and in your root system with your walk with God that when you get rattled, you can come back to that place and go, but God said, but God said, but God said, and then I'm going to say your, your eye gate, right? What you're watching, what you're putting your gaze on, right? So that's spiritual, but it's also physical. And what you put your eye on, right, is what you're allowing into your life. And I really think we have to be reminded that the eye is the window to the soul. So your eyes are actually allowing uh, to uh, the health of your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so you've got to guard your gates. So what does that mean? That means you got to walk unoffended. You got to yep. be quick to forgive. You got to watch what's coming out your uh, out of your mouth because the word of God says no corrupt word shall ex- shall come out of your mouth. Um, we're we're supposed to be ones that have the light of of light of Jesus in our eyes. Our soul is to be healed, and that doesn't mean we don't walk through hard things, but it does mean we don't let the hard things cause division, disunity, or offense or hatred within us because those are the things that can actually change the trajectory of our spiritual walk. So guard your gates. You're going to have a lot to be able to be offended at this season. If I can just say that in 2024, you're, you're going to have a lot of reasons you can be offended. I'm just going to say that I'm going to put that on the table, but you have the choice of how you respond. And the Lord's saying, guard your gate, son, guard your gates, daughter, understand you got to literally root yourself in the word of God and the spirit of God. If you want to stay sweet in the spirit and keep your, keep your head on the chest of Jesus, listening to what's on his heart. I love that because I feel like if you lose the battle of your imagination, you're not going to be able to fight for the the battle over a nation. Let me say that better. Mm. If you do not understand your ability to control the narrative in your imagination, you won't be able to control or change the narrative over the nation. And so I think that's just so important. The other thing I really felt like God was saying was really a scripture passage he gave me, Joshua 3, 1 through 5. And I just want to read it to you. Normally we don't do that. It's not necessarily her pocket isn't necessarily a Bible study, but we do. I want to know what scripture and truth is saying. It says in Joshua 3, verse 1, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your position and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since, here's the phrase, you have never been this way before. But keep a distance about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark and do not go near it. And then verse 5, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things before you. So this whole passage, the context is the nation of Israel had 40 years been wandering in the desert. They're now on the brink of occupying the promised land. This is their promised land. This is their revival. This is them coming into a massive breakthrough that would be seen and experienced for generation to generation to generation. It was the prophetic promise of coming in. And I and I, it's funny because they sat there after three days, they had to sit in a place, but for three days, I kind of feel like, and this is in verse one, that they had to shed, set out from Shittim, went to Jordan where they camped before crossing over three days. I feel like the three days they sat represent a year. I feel like since 2020 and the whole pandemic, I feel like we have been 
been in a, somewhat a stationary position that part of it was understood, understandable, because you're you're in a place of survival. We've always talked about this phrase of we exhausted our adaptive abilities. We're kind of wondering what's next. But I feel like right now it is a time when the verse said to the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, move out from your position. So I feel like the first thing is, number one, it's, it's a year, it's a season to break camp. Break the camp mentality. You've been camping out in the comfortable. I've been camping out in the predictable. I've been looking for this, looking for that, camping out in our routines. And God is saying it, it, it really defies our emotional space if left to our own, but we need to take risks. We need to launch out. We need to break camp. And that's what I feel like the Lord is saying. And, and it really is so self-explanatory, but just do some simple things out of the ordinary in this season, just to break camp, to understand that God wants to stretch you. God wants to take you beyond. And there's something more than just doing the same thing over and over and over again. And then the next thing they were told is when you see the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark represents the presence. And so the whole thing is get an eye in the season for the presence of God. Go after God's presence. Sense what God's presence is on. Sense what God's presence is not on. God's presence may be shifting. Now notice this, that Ark of the Covenant normally was in the middle of their camp, but now it was going to take the lead. The presence is shifting. And I feel like there may be this fact that there was the presence of God on your former friend group that now God is saying, you need to shift some people out of that inner circle. You need to now begin to move into some spaces and places with some people that are going to challenge you in a different way. And maybe there's some relationships, not anybody's marriage. That's not what I'm talking about. But there may be you're you're connected in, in a relationship and you might need to begin, love them, keep them in a place, but they're not your inner circle anymore. Jesus had an inner circle. Peter James and John didn't ever say that Judas was in the inner circle. He was part of the 12. And then there were people part of the 70. But Jesus, the Bible says, understood what was in people's hearts. And so part of this thing of following the ark, what is the presence of God on? What alliances? What Even as simple as maybe how you spend your time, what is God on? Find that out. And the third and final thing I want to share is this whole thing is it says, consecrate yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. This is such a season of exposure. Almost every prophetic voice, Christian and I get a chance to sit at a prophetic roundtable, and we were all talking about such a season of exposure. We talked about that earlier. What do you do when you're when leaders fall? But the whole point of consecration is this: understand, consecrate yourself for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders. When God is doing an in-depth move of consecration in your life and inviting you to yield areas of your life, it's because He sees your tomorrow and He wants to release the miraculous, the wonders, and even this passage, a place you've never been before. This is going to be here where God's going to do some things you've never seen before, you've never experienced before. Uh, he wants to take you beyond what has been your high watermark. You and I have not arrived. Paul says, I press on that I may lay hold of things that Christ laid hold of me. And so understand this is a Joshua 3 moment. That's what I kind of feel like the Lord's been sharing with my heart. Crystal, what about you? What do you kind of sense the Lord sharing? You know, I love what you're saying because it really is an invitation, right? It's an invitation to move from where we've been to a place we've never been. And that sounds like, that sounds cool, but it's going to require some tough choices from people. It's going to require some greater discipline in some areas, some surrender and laying down in other areas. It's going to require some fresh disciplines, you know, that you just have to like, okay, I've got to make space for what God's going to do. So I've got to change up my schedule and my time. And so I hear what you're saying. And like, in a good way, there's like this, there's a somberness to your word, 
because I'm like, woo, there's an invitation and I don't want to stay in the predictable. I don't want to stay in what I've known. Mm-hmm. And that's a safe place. And it doesn't mean God won't meet me there. He will, but there's so much more that's available. So man, I keep wanting to try, but I don't know about you. I hear that and I'm like, ooh, man, Lord, I, I want to walk in in the more and in the new. You know, what I've been feeling is a few, a few things the Lord just really dropped in my spirit. I'm going to go according to kind of how I heard it, if that's okay. The Come thing on. that dropped like the clearest um, initially and kind of in order, if that makes sense. And they're not order of importance, but they're order in which I heard. Um, I heard the Lord say that in 2024, he's going to release a whole wave of creativity over his people. And I want to break this down. I actually love this word because I'm a creative. And so the Lord speak in my language. And I, and I felt like the Lord said people that have not moved in certain gifts, like they wouldn't even identify. They wouldn't say I'm a, I'm an artist or I'm a singer or I'm a musician. Like they literally don't even think they have that gift. And these are like older people. These aren't like teens, although this might apply to teens, but I'm talking about people in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, and so forth, where they haven't even accessed that gift before. And all of a sudden they're literally going to have an encounter with God. There's going to be a creative download and where they couldn't sing before the encounter, maybe they couldn't carry a note very well, or it was just very average singing voice. All of a sudden I saw voices coming on people and it was the, and it was the Lord. It was the anointing of God coming upon people and ordaining them. If that's the best word saying, we need your voice now for the kingdom of God. And what I felt like the purpose of this was because God said, I'm taking back the creative realm. There's a creative realm that has been hijacked by the enemy. It's been hijacked Mm, by darkness. And God says, I'm actually, I'm taking back what's mine. The Lord is creative, right? God created creativity. He's the most creative, uh, you know, he's the most creative. He's the artist. He's the the creator. He's the creator. And so it's been an area that's been really robbed from the church. It's been robbed from the kingdom of God. And the Lord says, I'm actually positioning my kids to take back creativity. And I think it's so cool. So there's some of you that are listening that you would not even say I've had a voice, a singing voice. I haven't been able to sing well or carry a note. And actually, I really believe you're going to receive an impartation to sing. And I felt like people that are artists or write songs or graphics or uh, play an instrument. I just feel like there is an anointing and an outpouring an impartation for creativity. And it's funny because I feel like some of you even hearing this, it's already been kind of stirring in you. This is actually a confirming word. You're not surprised by this word. You're like, I've actually been feeling this. It's so weird. And you've not really known what to do with it because it hasn't been an area that's been activated in your life. And yet you feel this desire to pursue it, but you're like, is it too late? I'm in my forties. I'm in my fifties. Is it too late to even you know pick up an instrument at this point? I feel like God goes, no, this is actually the hour because we're taking back land. So if you're creative and you're hearing this, or you're saying I'm not creative, but I want to be, and I feel the desire within me, I want you to hear this word because I believe God says I'm putting paintbrushes in your hands. Those are some of you are going to be leading worship. Um, and there's just blueprints for creativity that's being released right now. And I, I just think that's super cool. Uh, the second thing that came to me that felt like it really had weight on it was 2024 is a year of spiritual authority. Mm. Uh, there's a revelation that God is releasing over the church in America. Now this can go bigger than America. And I know we have other nations that are listening beyond America. So I want you to receive this for your nation, but I'm specifically going to speak to America just because that's where we call home. But I do believe it's bigger than America. So there's a revelation that God's releasing over the church of who we are in Christ. And this has been something that the church 
church is really forgotten. And the church has been riddled with so much warfare and dysfunction. And God says, this is a year of identity resulting in a greater revelation of my child's authority in which I've given them. And uh, I felt like the Lord said, um, there's an area where you're going to begin to see, I, this is in addition to what I heard the Lord say, connected to the 2024's year of spiritual authority. This is a year of making the weak things formidable. So mm. what does that mean? It means making what's weak be great, be strong. Okay. And so I felt like the Lord says, some of you feel weak, but it's because you have not had a revelation of your spiritual authority. Now, anytime you're harassed by the enemy, quick teaching, anytime you're harassed or tormented by the enemy, when you, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and you're blood bought, it is actually illegal for the enemy to harass or torment you because you're covered by the blood of Jesus. The enemy cannot harass or torment, but we do not understand our often our spiritual authority. And we allow ourselves to be harassed and tormented. And we don't shut the mouth of the enemy through the blood of Jesus. And we often don't close doors of access. We're in areas where we've been forgiven, where we've walked away, where we've asked for forgiveness, we've repented because we haven't broken that agreement, that soul tie or whatever it is. We allow that door of access. We allow that lane uh, for the enemy to continue to come at you, but you're going to rise up this year. I want you to hear this. You're going to rise up this year and you're going to have a revelation. Hold on. The blood of Jesus shuts the mouth of the enemy. Come the on. blood of Jesus breaks the back of the enemy. The blood of Jesus breaks and exposes every lie of the enemy coming at me. And all of a sudden what used to come at you kind of like a machine gun. Some of you have been so harassed, tormented and riddled with fear and anxiety. You're actually going to, I love it. I heard the Lord says people are getting sick of the dysfunction. People are sick of their brokenness. And what's going to rise up in you is you saying, uh-uh, I'm actually going to enforce the victory of what Jesus did on the cross. See, we don't have to win anything. The, the battle's already been defeated. The enemy's already been defeated by Jesus. All you're doing is enforcing the victory that was done on the cross at Calvary. So there's a revelation of spiritual authority that's going to rise up in the church of going, why are we cowering to this, that, or the other? Why are we coming underneath this narrative, the society or the news or, or darkness is throwing at us? Why are we riddled with fear? Why are there just as many people that are uh, having sleep issues or anxiety issues or depression issues or addiction issues? Or, you know, in the church, there should be a difference. And the Lord says, there will be a contrast this year. Uh, the, the church is rising up in victory and authority. So I want you to understand you, you have an authority you're about to access because all of a sudden the light's going to go on. You've heard about the blood covenant of Jesus, but it has not yet become a revelation. It's about to become a revelation. And the Lord says, mark this prophetic word, y'all, because there's going to be many pastors and leaders that are going to begin to teach about the blood covenant that are going to teach about the covenant that you and I are in. And that is going to spark a revelation in the church at large in America. You know, that is so key because I was just thinking what you're sharing, Boo, is that John G. Lake, you know, sickness had so attacked his siblings and even his wife. And then I just was recently reading, she even got shot. I don't know if it was her four-year-old, but a four-year-old, it was accidentally discharged a gun. So she was paralyzed and he just was dealing, bearing his brothers and sisters. I mean, sickness decimated his family. And out of that desperation, 
he just happened to stumble upon a scripture that just really rocked him. And he began to realize, wait a second, Jesus has given me authority over sickness. And so that's what launched his healing ministry. So I almost wonder as you're sharing that, that discovery of authority is going to launch more ministry. And we're going to begin to step into the stuff that the Bible talks about and, and look more book of Acts. I love that. I, I totally agree. I, we're going to begin to see that. That's going to become Acts is going to be our normal. Mm. I just, the book of Acts is our normal. I mean, that's yes. what we're called to walk in. in. In connection with that, this is the next thing I heard the Lord say 2024 as a year of nevertheless. Nevertheless, and we see this in scripture specifically, I'm going to pull out Luke five, and this is a story where Jesus is on the shore and he's teaching all the people come to here and he steps on, there's two boats. He steps on one boat and it's Simon's boat. And this is where they have been toiling and they've been trying to catch fish all night. It's morning now. They have not been successful. They have not caught anything. And then Jesus says, after he's completed teaching, he says to Simon, he says, now throw your net over and Simon's. And, and, and he's instructing him once again to do what he'd just been doing all night. And Simon's response to Jesus was, we've done that. I've toiled all night. We fished all night. I've put the nets over, but we have not caught fish. He said, but nevertheless, and he's basically saying, because you've said it's my savior, right? Because you've said it, Jesus, because you've said it, I'm going to do it again. And I heard the Lord say, you know, nevertheless means in spite of. So I want you to know 2024 is a year of in spite of. So in spite of what the news is saying that's good intercessors can shift things in spite of what has even been um released by the enemy it can be changed whatever the doctors have spoken over your health over your loved that's one good. over your body it can be shifted why because we serve god who is our healer um, what has been spoken over your children over their health maybe in what they've spoken over themselves in the area of their identity and who they think they are and what society has fed them and they've come into agreement with that spirit of confusion. I want you to know, God says, this is the year of nevertheless. It doesn't matter what the enemy is saying. It doesn't matter what the world is saying. God says his report. And we're in the hour where God said, I'm looking for the Simons. I'm looking for the James and John, right? That are in the, the in the ocean. And even if you don't understand it, you're saying in spite of nevertheless, it doesn't matter. God, you said it. And if you said it, then I'm going to do it. And if you do it, I know it's going to have a good ending because you are faithful and you, if it doesn't have a good ending, that means you're not done writing the story yet. And so I just believe some of you, um, we're, uh, almost like a disappointment, kind of like a Simon, like he, he, the, he was a fisherman. He wasn't out there because he wanted to be out there all night. He was out there because he needed to be out there all night because he needed those fish. He needed to pay bills. He needed to provide. He, he needed the food. He needed the income. Some of you have been doing this things, not be, because you have to, and you have not seen the fruit of it. God says, this is the year where you have, you will see fruit over what you have toiled over all night. And I want you to hear this for yourself. I want you to hear that this is a year of breakthrough. This is a year of abundance. And this is a year of more than enough, because when you keep reading that story in Luke five, when they do what Jesus told them to do, there's so much fish that Simon actually calls over the other boat, which is James and John. They come over and there's so much fish. It says it fills the two 
the two boats full of fish and they begin to sink. There's so much uh, abundance. There's so much provision from Jesus in one word and in one act of obedience, in one act of surrender. There is so much abundance. They actually can't even contain it. And I just believe we are in that hour. What looks impossible, God goes, it is possible because if you stand on my word and I cannot tell you, this is the hour we, we, uh, Sean mentioned this, you have to take your thoughts captive right now. You, you have to stand on the word of the Lord. You know, I was thinking about, we've got a lot of listeners, uh, Gen Z, millennials, teenagers, you're in your high school. Uh, there's some Gen Zs, you're at your college. And I think part of this word, the, the thought I got was you can't let your head get in the way of you getting ahead. And I think sometimes for us to want to figure everything out and we're not understanding, maybe God's asking us to start a Bible study at our high school. Maybe God's asking us to call some students to pray at our university. Maybe God is saying, hey, I'm a young professional that there are some people that maybe I should invite over for dinner and just begin to share Christ with. And it it seems to fly in the face of logic, of conventional wisdom. But don't let your head get in the way of you getting ahead. Step out. Have a nevertheless moment. I love that. That is so good. I love I love what you're adding. That's so good, baby. You know, I'll end with this one last thing. And it kind of ties in with what we're talking about. I have a lot more that the Lord has given me. I'm actually going to share some of it when I preach at Momentum. So if you're able to listen or get in the room and get your virtual seat or in-person seat, you'll get more of what I heard for 2024. But I just wanted to share a few more things. And we might come back later with some podcasts and talk about, um, in addition, you know, some more things, what we feel like God's saying. But lastly, let me just say this. The Lord says, uh, your courage and your bravery will be called upon this year. Mm. And the Lord is releasing a spirit of courage and bravery for Mm. God. And some of you are going to get that man pleasing ripped right out of you in the best way. And what has kind of limited your voice, or sometimes you haven't posted something, or uh, maybe haven't had a conversation or made the stand or shared Jesus with someone or just been bold or open or um, transparent about your faith or your convictions. I just heard the Lord say, um, he's going to just release this courage and this bravery over the body of Christ, where there is just this uh, tenacity and grit of like, I'm not afraid. Like we're not moving from a place of fear. We're moving from a place of courage. We're moving from, we're living from a place of bravery. We're brave. We're courageous. We pray brave prayers. We pray courageous prayers. We do courageous things. We live bravely. Um, you know, it's like we speak with courage and it, and we call courage out of people. We call bravery out of people. And I just feel like the Lord is saying, this is the hour where I'm calling forth the William Wilbur forces, you know, the people that I love. I, I felt like, uh, you know, Will, William Wilberforce, he went after abolishing slavery in England. I mean, this is like the land of those that really created slavery. And he's this like lone abolitionist that is literally releasing a narrative. And he had to call people into a place of standing for truth and righteousness when it was unpopular and it actually could cost you significantly. It could cost you socially, financially. For some people, it cost them their lives. And he literally rallied a nation to overturn something that people deemed profitable. He was going after people's pocketbooks because slavery was a big moneymaker, right? And so he, through his conviction, overturned things. I feel like that William Wilberforce that's going to slap current culture 
culture in the face where it defies biblical truth and holiness and righteousness in areas where people are walking in bondage, um, in areas where people are walking in sin and it's being called right, righteous. It's being called, well, I don't know if it's being called righteous, but it's being called right you know, by the world. Maybe that's a, a, a better way to communicate it. But I felt like the Lord says, I'm calling the abolitionists up. I'm calling forth the people that are going to release people out of captivity. And it's going to require your courage. It's going to require your bravery. But when you walk in the conviction of God, man pleasing is nowhere to be seen. You know, I think it's almost like we've come full circle. It is the battle of narratives and whoever wins the battle of narratives will carry the greatest influence. But if you understand to be the person that begins to push the unpopular narrative, which obviously uh, Jesus said, you'll be hated on account of me. So you got to get ready for that. You have to have bravery and spiritual. I think courage is I am going to step out knowing I'm going to face some sort of repercussion that I may not like. But bravery, I think, says, I know exactly what will happen to me if I step out. And I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> anyway and I'm going to do it on. with a little bit of fire and gusto. And I feel like the bravery, spiritual bravery is so important. It takes bravery. You know, even that Joshua theory where they're going to break uh, out of something and break into something. It was almost like they were saying, you know what? I'm coming out of my desert of spiritual dryness. Yeah. I'm coming out of my desert of small things. I'm kind of coming out of my desert of being inconfident of spiritual barrenness. I'm coming out of the desert of uh, emptiness because there's a promised land of spiritual victory. There's a promised land of divine power. There's a promised land of influence and shifting the narrative over a generation. And I think especially as this year will be an election year and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be saying stuff and trying to sway and pull people. But you have to understand the ultimate narrative that will win. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but not one jot or tittle will, for all intents and purposes, take away from the power of God's word that we have to stand with what is eternal. So I love what you're saying. That is just gospel right there. Come on. I love that. You know, as we just close out this episode of Keep It 100, and we're just sharing just these things that we feel like God's speaking to us right now, we really want to encourage you. What's God saying to you? Really taking time in 2024. Don't just enter another year. I know a lot of people have their word and their resolutions and hey, that's great. You know, whatever, whatever that is, that's wonderful. But there's nothing that replaces what the word of the Lord is for you. There's nothing that replaces what's your scripture for this year. What's the promise of God over this year, you know? And as you're hearing what God's releasing, grab it for yourself because I believe there's invitations to go where we've never been before. I love that. I love that. There are two Greek words that are used in the Bible that are so important. And it's uh, a word that I think is so important. The first word is uh, naka, which means to set out. It means like the Israelites, they set out, but of course they wandered 40 years in the, in the wilderness. And so although they set out, it wasn't a word that demonstrated that they tapped into the momentum of completely surrendering to God. And the other word is abar. It translates, it means to cross over and is used frequently in this book of Joshua. So the, the whole issue is, are you a naka, just a person that sets out to do something, but never taps into momentum? Or are you an abar person that crosses over? And I think right now we need crossover catalytic Christians that are prophetic pioneers that will occupy, that will step into 2024 and say, hey, 2024 is not happening to me as a believer, as a child of God. I'm happening to the year 2024. Thanks so much for tuning into the Keep It 100 podcast. Make sure to rate, 
review and refer us to your friends. And be sure to click that subscribe button so that you're alerted as soon as new episodes drop. Help us get the word out. Share this link on your social media platforms and check us out at seanandkristasmith.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Sean and Krista Smith Ministries. We would love to hear from you on how this podcast has impacted you. So be sure to show us some love. Hey, Keep 100 Tribe. Thanks so much for joining us. Look for our next episode. And remember, relief may change your circumstance, but a revelation will change you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram at seanandkristasmith.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep it 100!